BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. get this going here. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa from BeastNet Podcast. And today we're talking with Joey from More Heart Than Scars. And give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Hello there, everyone. Hello, Lisa. <laughs> nice to be seeing and talking to you for the first time. <laughs> yeah. um, as you said, I am uh, with More Heart Than Scars. I am the Georgia president for More Heart Than Scars. Um, have been with them for Gosh, the better part of six years, almost seven now. That's awesome. Um, you guys were at, was it OCR Addicts? Or um, you're at the race this weekend with Aaron. And how was that for you guys? Oh, you mean OCR Overload? Down in yes, Florida. Overload. Yeah. Gosh, listen, I'm telling you, the weather could not have been worse. I mean, you know what? Yes, it could have been worse, but it was horrible. I mean, we had... I looked at my watch at one point as we were almost finished, and it said we had 48 degrees, um, mud that was up to our shin. Oh, my gosh. The only saving grace was uh, a, about 10 minutes before we stepped off the, onto the course, the rain actually stopped. But we got like an hour. In an hour, we got six inches of rain. Oh. So it was not supposed to have water, did, including most of the obstacles with rigs, especially the rigs had water underneath. So it was almost like, you know, you were having to swing over the, the water just to avoid it. But, <laughs> oh so my gosh. That was, that was, that was that side of it. Yeah. The, uh, the wonderful thing that happened, um, as I have always said, you know, everything works out as it should. We did not bring Erica with us on this particular race. We made yes. the call Thursday night. Yeah. For- for her to stay, mainly because of the rain. Even though the forecast said it was going to be up to 68, obviously it never got up to that. Yeah. But we had something really wonderful happen. We met a, a gentleman by the name of Roger, who is high-functioning autism. Has a, and he was just such a delight. We had the best time with him. He did his first obstacle course race with us. And the first thing he said when it was over was... When's the next race? So it worked out. We, we, we didn't have Erica, but we just, I knew from the moment I met Roger that that was the purpose right there because he needed our undivided attention. So yeah, took him through the course and he loved it. That's so phenomenal. I read your post about Roger, um, over the Uh, weekend and I quite literally started like dang near bawling when I read it. It was so heartwarming to hear. And just how he, if he didn't complete an obstacle, he's like, next time touching it. Like, yes. oh, it totally just got to me. Oh, it, was, it was, it was so, in, it was so inspirational. It truly was. Um, what more heart than scars does and helping with like Erica and Roger and everybody else that kind of has struggles when it comes to racing. It's the most heartwarming thing I have seen when it comes to obstacle course racing are the groups that help those who struggle. And this last weekend, just reading that just was like, Oh, that's why we race. That's the reason right there. 
It is. And, and I got to tell you, it, wow. Um, it's, it's almost emotional just thinking about it because the heart and soul of what we do at More Heart Than Scars is we've kind of just put it in a nutshell over the last six months. You know, Zach and I were talking and we said, we are in the business of saving lives. And within that, it, it's also we hope to bring hope, give hope to those and Roger could not have been more perfect example of that. Here was this man who, and Kim can attest to this, and James, who was walking along, and the poor guy from childhood, middle school, into high school, he was made fun of. He was called dumb. He was called slow. And he just stopped at one point. And he looked at us. He's like, Joey, I'm not dumb. I know what they were saying about me. But and, and there was more. And, and we just, I just even more realized I am right where I need to be doing my calling in life because people just like Roger are all over this world, literally, who need purpose, who need to be giving, given a chance to do something they never thought they could in life. And that's what we do. And, and you know, it just goes hand in hand that we're, we're on tonight and we're talking about uh, my role in Julie's upcoming races as director I'm, of sports or adaptive sports, because it, it is part of obstacle course racing and life in general, yeah. that more attention. Yes. I have vowed the rest of my life to do everything in my power to put adaptive athletes right up there on the pedestal with the top notch athletes that are in obstacle course racing today. That is so phenomenal. I was going to ask you about the Phoenix Rising off the races and what your role was going to be as the adaptive. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop the gun. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, so how how's that mo- role model going to be like for you being that director of the adaptive athletes? Well, first of all, I you know I have to thank Julie with Phoenix OCR. Yes. Phoenix Race OCR, um, because <laughs> she's given me this opportunity to step in to do something that I absolutely love. Um, so like for any of the races that she has so far uh, lined up, which I, we have four currently, and I know she's out this weekend looking at some other venues. So hopefully we're going to have more <laughs> races um, for her and, and her race series this year. Um, but my role is, for me, it's simple. It's anybody who wants to come with an adaptive athlete that has a team. um, I will make sure they have everything they need on course to keep that person safe and to make sure they finish. And, and I'll just, I'll be coordinating that. And I, and I, in my years with more than scars, I've learned so many different safety techniques and things that are must haves on an obstacle course when it comes to, whether someone's in a wheelchair or someone's on crutches or someone has, has one arm amputee or one leg amputee, you know, it, there are just certain things you got to have. Yeah. To get the person from the start line to the finish line. So yeah. that is going to be my role. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be promoting this and the reception that I've already received from when Julie announced that I was director of athletic uh, adaptive athletics has has been overwhelming and, and it just, it makes me very happy. That's so fantastic. And it's something that I think needs to be more prominent with obstacle course racing. Uh, we have the regular professional athletes, the competitive athletes, and there's no reason that 
the adaptive athletes can do the same thing. Like they can totally do it. So pushing that and promoting that is one of the best things I've seen come along with obstacle course racing. Listen, it's, it's uh, gosh. I mean, like I said, I've, my first taste of working with an adaptive athlete was, I mean, honestly go back to 1996 for the Atlanta Paralympic games. I had the wonderful opportunity of working with the Swedish, the Belgium and the Chinese uh, para-athletic program. So that really just was like a big, um, just wow factor for me because I got to witness what these people with physical disabilities could do. Yeah. And then in 2014, when I got my first chance to work with Zach and More Heart and Scars with a young man named Michael Mills, I, I just said, that's it. I, I you know, my, my days of, of trying to get on the podium or trying to win the prize money, you know, that that's all gone. This is going to be my purpose from, from here on out. And, you know, so it, it's just an amazing thing to do. And I'm excited. I can, I can totally understand why you're so excited about it. Um, what's the first race for the Phoenix series that you'll be at? The first, oh yes, our first series is going to be April April seventeenth, um, and I don't even need a cheat sheet. I've, I've, I think I've got them mostly memorized, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh, April seventeenth over in Meridian, Mississippi, which is in a phenomenal venue. So I highly recommend whether you're a competitive athlete or an adaptive athlete who is competitive, yes. um, who wants a great venue. Uh, you don't need. Uh, a skill level, you can come out and you can have fun with it, or you can come out and make it as competitive as you want. Um, so yeah, that one's, that was April 17th, Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, we, as a team, more the scars, we will have Erica with us uh, for that one. She's excited because she didn't get to make it with us last year. But for me personally and the team going, going into that one, we already have an idea of what the course is going to be like. And as I mentioned before, having that knowledge helps yeah. me and us as a team to know what to plan for and prepare for. So we're, we're really excited about that, Julie's race in Mississippi this year. That's phenomenal. And you posted something about something going on with Jacksonville, with the Spartan. Can you oh, give any details about that? <laughs> oh, I, I, I can tell you what I can tell you at this okay. point. Uh, there's some things I just can't give away yet because it is top secret. Yep. Um, but one thing I can tell you is, uh, yes, uh, Spartan Race Series, uh, which is going to be the, the, their opener for their national series, February 27th, 28th, in Jacksonville, we will have <clears throat> a fan favorite, Josh Kohler, coming out. He is uh, coming back from open heart surgery. Wow. Yeah. And and the one of the first things he did when he was able to, I mean, literally he grabbed his phone and he messages me and says, when I make my comeback, I want more heart and scars by my side. I said, Josh, it would be an honor brother. And we planned for this to be Charlotte, (laughs) but because this man is a beast and he was already in great shape, but his regiment and his rehab has been so on point that the doctors have given him the green light to come out with us in February on for the 27th and 28th, both days. Granted, he can't do much, but yeah. the fact 
is going to be out there and do what he can. And we'll be with him every step of the way. Um, we'll also have Erica on Saturday in the wheelchair. And then on Sunday, we will have not only Josh and Erica, but we'll also have one of our newest athletes, uh, Chloe. Um, that's Chloe. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that was at the Atlanta Spartan last year, but she's, uh, going through. Oh. The, but, um, so we're very excited. We're going to have, we're going to have that. And, but like I said, there are a couple of surprises that uh, I can't reveal just yet. One, honestly, will not be revealed until the day of. Yeah. So even me just saying that is going to, if, if certain people hear this podcast, <laughs> but it is going to be a good, uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful event. And we're teaming up, you know, Spartan is being gracious to us for this. And, uh, Definitely got to give our kudos to Donnie and John and especially Garfield because Garfield has been the go-between and, and he is really helping me pull this off. Got to give big praise to Garfield. That's fantastic. How exciting. I can't wait till the end of the month to find out what everything's going um, on. And <laughs> I, I wish all you guys, you and Don and, and you know all the guys from BeastNet can fly out for this event, but things as they be, I don't know what your travel restrictions over there are right now, but. It is going to be a weekend. You know, travel restrictions, I think that's more based on employments and what uh, your employment says and does and how that reacts. Right now, my my travel restriction is my mom's having a back surgery next week. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Some prayers. Thank you. All right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. Uh, You know, we're trying to figure out how we're going to be able to get back to some of the races back there. It's just a matter of time and seeing what happens here in Washington. (laughs) I know because Don, I think we've been talking since gosh, 2019 about trying to team up somewhere. Yes. Uh, look, I, I want to come to the West Coast. Uh, and there's there's still a few Spartan races, especially out there that I haven't done and definitely want to try to get out there. And it may be this year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but we're literally so full here on the on the East Coast. I mean, not just not just uh, in the Southeast, but on up into Vermont, into uh, those areas for further in the year. So big things planned for that too. I'm just hoping and praying that we get to do these races this year because you know what we we need to. Yes, um, fully have, agree. You know that's that's another part of my passion, and I know um, Don and I had talked about that in a previous podcast. And my whole personal mission of bringing more awareness to suicide. And, and the prevention and breaking the stigma, especially just mental health in general. Yes. People need to talk about it. And we need our races to happen because so many, even in our own group, so many of our, our, our athletes need their races for their mental health because for many of them, it is their only outlet. Yes. Myself and, included. I, I totally feel the same way. I've, I can see the difference between 2019 when I was able to race in this last year where there were no races. It had a huge impact on my mental health, my physical health, and 
I'm itching to get back on there. There's something about being on a race course that's therapeutic. You know, and I, and it's on a, a sad note, but I, I need to bring it up because it goes right along with what we're talking about. Just this morning, Amanda um, Kelly just posted about someone else taking their life. Just, I'm not sure if it was last night or this morning, but, you know, unfortunately it goes, you know, suicide and suicide attempts go hand in hand with, with addictions. And this person just had just gotten out of rehab and, you know, it's, it's sad. It, it's truly sad. And, and that's the one thing that I've noticed. And I know Don and I have been doing a lot of the same certifications lately, which is, which is awesome. But in my recent studies, what I've noticed is the teenage rate of suicide and suicide attempts have skyrocketed since 2017. And, and it's just sad because especially in 2020, from March of 2020 until, until now, this, the isolation yes. is so hard on so many people. Attempted rates have up and are and up. And unfortunately, you know, the actual suicide themselves, they're up. Yes. Uh, numbers of people going into rehab are up. Um, I've got several friends who are psychiatrists and psychologists. Their offices are full because people are just needing the help, which is so wonderful. You know, people are finally starting to talk about it. But with evidence of what we saw this morning or what I saw with Amanda posted this morning was, you know, we're not doing enough. And here again, personal personal missions is, is to bring more awareness to that. And, you know, something else Don and I have been doing, too, is we've been doing our daily push-up challenges. Yes. I see, sees mine. And we're just... You know, I'm on a mission. I, I, I'm day 250 into a one full calendar year. But uh, I first got involved with the 22 a day campaign back in 20, 2013. And I have for every year and every Wednesday since then have done the pushups. And it was only 250 days ago I decided, you know what? I'm just going to start doing my pushups every day because the awareness needs to be out there. Yes. Fully agree with you. I live in a very um, rural area of Washington state. Like I'm about as far West as you can get. And our mental health facilities are so busy and so slammed with people. Our psychiatrists and psychologists are completely booked. And a lot of them are kids and teenagers. And it's one of those things where we need to get back to some sort of normalcy. Our kids need to be back in to sports and doing the things that kept them busy and mentally healthy. Um, I have a 17 year old daughter and I've seen what this last year has done to her and she struggles. She struggles so much, but she pushes through and she talks about it a little bit to me, but with her friends and man, it's, it's good that the awareness is getting out there. It's good that people are starting to open up more, but like you said, we need to be more open about it. We need to be more honest about our mental health and the struggles that we go through. You know, and, and you're right. And and Eric and I have been talking too, because she is, she is a life coach and she is a trauma informed coach. And one of the things that we've been chatting about, you know, the, the, the rise of social media. Yes. It's so good in so many ways, but on the other side, there is so much cyber bullying and just yes. kids destroy. I mean, well, even adults, especially this in the last three or four months, but we won't even go into that. But um, just the kids who are just the cyber bullying. And yeah, fortunately, the, the rates of suicide are up more for teenage girls. 
you know, because they're trying so hard to fit in and look a certain way. And it doesn't take much for a trigger for them to just, you know, oh, she's fat or she's not good enough for us. And and it's just, it's horrible. So yes, we're going to, we're going to keep pushing forward and we're going to break the stigma. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that. Oh, you're totally fine. I'm passionate about it. And uh, that is definitely one of them, but getting back to, you know, the topic of our conversation is yes, the adaptive athletic program in OCR and my position with, with Julie's races, the Phoenix OCR race. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix race OCR. It's going to kill me. I'm not, I got to get that in the right order. Phoenix race OCR. (laughs) You know, as I mentioned, we've got the, the April 17th and then uh, May the 2nd, which is unusual because that's on a Sunday, but that's uh, that's going to be in Georgia. Yay. I don't have to go very Yay. far for that. <laughs> um, and then in June, we've got oh, two back to back in Georgia. Uh, June is also in Georgia. Um, and then in her home uh, in September is in Chattanooga. And uh, that's September 18th. And that's where we that's where they are right now. That's where we are. With, with her races. But like I said, she, I know she and Jason are scouting at least two venues this weekend, maybe more. I, I'm not sure. I messaged her right before we started the podcast. <laughs> you want me to talk about tonight other than. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't have a chance to look, but of course I'm going to plug that because it's, it's going to be huge because she is really doing everything she can to bring to the light more of the adaptive athletic program. And and I love it. That's so fantastic. Uh, Julie is absolutely amazing. I've talked to her before and I love everything she's doing. Uh, It's amazing how they are making sure that they are following whatever guidelines are set across for whatever state, whatever city with everything that's going on. And (laughs) the fact that the adaptive athletes aren't being left behind in that because I know that was a slight issue this last year in Florida because Eric and I have talked about that. So the fact that, (laughs) so the fact that they're not being left behind, which is such a huge thing. Well, that yes. And, and uh, (laughs) that is one reason I was back and forth with, with Garfield and Spartan you know, my, my having a marketing background myself, my, my go-to for them was, I'm like, you guys look at it from, from our standpoint, don't you think the world of Spartan and the world in general needs to see inspirational people out on a race course? And it would, it would do us all so much good to see those athletes out on course. And not only would it bring attention to the athletic, the adaptive athletic community, but just saying to people in general, Hey, you know what, with the guidelines that are in place, it's okay. You can come to the races. Yes. Which has been one of the biggest topics about it is, well, are they really going to have a race? Well, I can tell you, they really are 99.5% sure going to have this Jacksonville race if nothing else. But from what I've seen, everything else is still on the schedule so far. Uh, you know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, because of that last year and uh, Erica and us, we, you know, felt kind of left out and it's like, we understand, but it's almost, you know, what do we do about this? But, you know, so all we, I, we just kept plugging away. We didn't, we didn't lose our cool. We didn't create too much of a, a hassle for anyone, but uh, thankfully 
when I, I got, I just got the letter email, I should say, um, last Thursday that teams have gotten the go ahead to come out to Spartan races this year, you know, obviously following the guidelines in place set by Gar, by, um, by Garfield, by Spartan. Yeah. Um, so we will, you know, we'll be staying in our, or in our and around our vehicles until it's our allotted time to come up to the start line. And then we'll, you know, have our mask on. And then when we get into the corral, we'll take off. So we're, we're just so thankful that Spartan is allowing groups to come on to the course this yes. year. Hopefully some of the other bigger names will also say, all right, you know, if they're doing it, let's us, you know, let us do it too. Cause you know, in the, in the big picture and, Actually, Aaron and I, Aaron, Frank and I, and a couple others were talking about this recently. We need for the bigger races to happen because whatever the precedents they set, we will have to, you know, we'll follow because, or the smaller races will, will follow. And so we need the big races to happen. And, and Spartan is definitely one of the big boys out there. So we need yeah. Spartan races to happen. Yes. And Spartan, when it comes to like the bigger races, at least on the West coast and where I'm at in the Pacific Northwest, Spartan is one of the bigger races. We don't have, um, we don't have Savage out here yet. We don't have, um, battle frog. We don't or battle frog or yeah, we don't have any of them yet. So Spartan's like the main one. And when they get canceled or postponed, it's just like, uh, but that's also where we're trying to start supporting more of the smaller, more local races to kind of keep everybody going. But right. there's there hasn't been a chance for any of that to happen. So fingers crossed this year that starts happening more so, and more. Yes, we, we need we need for the big races to happen. And, you know, one of the things that some of the uh, smaller race series kind of wised up to and learned from last year is maybe let's go for some. Uh, privately owned venues where restrictions aren't quite as bad. Yeah. But the basic guidelines will still be in place. But so it looks like some of some of them, and like even for Spartan, they moved Asheville this year to a completely different venue because they were getting uh, some some kickback about how many people could be on the course. So they said, you know what, that's okay. We'll search for another venue. And they did. And so we're, we're still all set for Asheville this year. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think our first race for Spartan here, there's Montana, but Montana's restrictions are different than Washington. But I think it's the Portland race. And I say Portland because it's actually in Washington. <laughs> that, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. That should be our first Spartan race this year. And I really hope that happens. It's um Washugal is like my it's my favorite venue. It's my, I call it my homecoming race. Cause that's where I started Spartan and I missed it last year. Not having that was just such a big bummer. So hopefully fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Yes. We just keep our fingers crossed on that. Um, how many adaptive athletes are there on the more heart than scars team? Oh my gosh. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, let's just say now with, with the way we have uh, Erica and Ryan and Shannon and Justin and Mark, who are all in wheelchairs. Um, then we've got like Chloe. She uses, uh, well, she uses us to walk beside because she has to be arm in arm with someone when she's on the course. When she's not on the course, she's got Kevin. Kevin's her boyfriend. It's her walker <laughs> on wheels. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> 
We've got we've got a couple others who do use arm crutches. Um, you know, we've got you know Billy, who's a one leg amputee, but he's got his blade, so he you know he really doesn't need our help for much. Um, and a couple you know a couple others, but you know we're as, as one of our things that we really try to get people to understand too is you know not all wounds are visible. Yeah, so very true. We've got we've got those who are suffering from PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, those with, who've been a victim of bullying, uh, abuse as a child and as an adult, uh, gosh, social anxiety disorder. And of course we've got people who are in active recovery in our organization. Um, so, so, you know, adaptive, it, it kind of is a broad term for us, but, Yes, but I mean, we have those who definitely need assistance on the course and we will be there for them. And I tell you, one of the, one of the best things though, is when we get, you know, I'll use Erica because she's done more in the last couple of years. Like we put her on a, a cargo net or even on a road climb. She just scoots up those things because by herself, because she has got tremendous upper body strength. She has really worked hard on that. And she'll be the first to tell you. And then and, and Brian and Justin and Mark and, and, and Shannon, they'll tell you too. They want to be as independent as possible. Yes. And we'll, we'll allow them to a certain point, you know, unless there's some safety issues involved. But yeah great to watch watch Erica and and those guys just get up those cargo nets and in in the walls and just pull themselves up and it's just wonderful the videos that more heart than scars posts of your of like Erica and everybody going over the obstacles it's just awe-inspiring like you just sit there and like wow I have absolutely no excuse for I- well, I was going to say, even even one of the most recent ones that I think is even aired now in Spartan UK and Spartan Europe is of us in, um, could have been Charlotte last year, where Erica's on a slip wall. I mean, and it's muddy because they are actually running water across <laughs> and to make it muddy. Yeah, yay, go Spartan. Um, but I'm telling you, that video, when you see her, it, it's her pulling herself up that rope. I mean, yes, we've got the harness on her and we've got someone on the other side of the slip wall securing her. But as far as getting herself up that wall, she's doing that of her own power. That is you know, so amazing. To catch and <laughs> got people at the top to grab her when she comes over. But she gets up that slip wall by herself. And it was just it was so great to see that over in Spartan UK and Spartan um, Europe, I think. I know I've been I've seen a couple of the pop up on Instagram and I'm like, yes, that's so awesome. The that's people in- of the world are seeing, you know, what we're doing. I mean, and, 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 and but more importantly, what adaptive athletes can do. Yes. And for, if for it to go to UK and Europe, I mean, that gives adaptive athletes um, over there and overseas hope and like, oh yeah, I can do this. I I can do this. I can race. I can do what I see my friends and everybody else doing. So it's great. It's amazing. And uh, it kind of makes me like ecstatic to be like, yes, it's happening. Finally. (laughs) That's right. It it is wonderful. It truly is. Um, I know I've been on course and I've seen like uh, Casey, his last name escapes me, but I've seen him on course. I've seen, you know, adaptive athletes like from like wounded warrior huh they see the double leg amputee yes Um, yes 
Um, I've seen him on course. Okay. It, um, it's like one of those times that you usually see them when you feel like you're at the lowest and you don't want to go on and you see them and you're like, okay, if they can do it, I can keep doing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aww, hey, Bubby. laughs> my name is Abby. Aww. <laughs> go find mommy. Go find mommy. <laughs> Trying to get up in my lap. So I was like, oh. <laughs> He's a little love. Um, there was a who was the dog that was on course that Roger kind of had a little oh, connection my- with? Sydney. Uh, Sydney the Aussie. Sydney is the uh, service dog for one of our favorite people, Desiree Rincon. Um, mm. She uh, was with us. She sang the national anthem before the race on Saturday, and she brought Sydney out. And Roger fell in love with Sydney because, well, what was supposed to be just a, a ditch crossing wound up turning into almost a, a little creek. Well, it was, it was a creek crossing. It was, it was waist deep because of all the rain. And as Roger was stepping down into this, he uh, he slipped and just kind of used it as a slide. I mean, he just slid right down into the water. But the moment he hit the water, Sydney just ran right over and licked his face. And he just talked about Sydney the rest of the race. And he said, did you see what that dog did, that puppy did? I said, yes, sir. That is what she is supposed to do because – she is a trained service dog, and when someone falls or stumbles, she comes over and makes sure you're okay. And he just thought that was the greatest thing. He had never, <laughs> he'd never been around a service dog before. Oh, that's so awesome. And he wants to do more races, am I correct? Oh, yes, he does. Listen, he, I've, I could show you messages, right? He was messaging me today. <laughs> uh, he is now geared up for, I uh, know, for the next race in Florida in, in his hometown in July. And if someone can get him to um, May, I think he's going to do a race in Florida that we're going to in May. He had reached out to Julie. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, he messaged me first and he sent me a a picture of her logo. He's like, what is this race? And so I told him who it was. And so Julie was telling me just yesterday, Roger reached out to me. I was like, well, he has fallen in love with obstacle course racing. And if somebody can get him from Florida to, to Mississippi or to Georgia or Chattanooga, you know, we'll, we'll get him through the course. That's I, so I wish I had the funds to just go down there and get him, but you know, we're still, we're still working on that. You'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um. That's so awesome. Like I said, reading that story just made me like, it warmed my heart. It made me cry. and. It, I love seeing stuff like that. And, you know, like Dawn has talked to you guys about and everything. Dawn, Mike, and I have discussed it as well. Getting out there to the East Coast to race with you guys is like one of the top priorities on our list of things to do. Um, I think that's just an experience that, A, we both, we all want to have, but I think it's something that most people need to have. It's, it's very humbling to watch, let alone, I can't imagine what it's like to be right there. It, it, it is truly amazing. And I know one of the, um, speaking of, you know, we mentioned earlier, Asheville, and that's one of the venues that Don had talked about you guys coming out for, because Asheville is almost like the homecoming race for more heart than scars, because it's pretty much in Zach's backyard. And this year, 
it's they just they moved it a little bit further east and to the farm that uh, he and Lauren have. And we even have more camping space for people to come and hang out because that's what we have done in the past five, six years is whenever the actual race has happened, Zach says, everybody could just come and bring a tent, bring your sleeping bags. You're going to stay at my house. And we literally have pitched tents in his yard and we've had upwards of 20, 20 people staying there on a Friday night and Saturday night. And so we're just going to do that again this year. And if there is one race that you guys, I hope to come out for, it would be the Asheville race. Asheville race. End of July this year, I believe. I'd have to go back and look, but it's, it's during one of the hotter months. I'm okay with that. I'm a hundred percent. Okay. With that. (laughs) I know if you're not used to humidity, that's something you'll have to get prepared for, but it it will be warm. I can promise you that. I'm okay with that as I'm sitting here with snow outside my window right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, we've just got rain here now and it's about 65 or something. I don't know. So but jealous. We're it this weekend again. So anyway. <laughs> um, what is your uh, training when it comes to helping adaptive athletes? Do you change how you train for a race or? Oh, yes. Um, First of all, with us, and especially when we have someone in a wheelchair on course or someone like Chloe, who literally, it, it's, it's a step-by-step race. And at any given moment, she'll just say, I, I need to stop. Um, we literally, we have to train for endurance. And so that is the bulk of my my training. Because, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm doing um, weight training for strength training to be able to lift our athletes when they need to be lifted. But it it truly helps to have the endurance because we can be on a race course from eight to 10 hours. Yeah. And, you know, it's been proven time and time again that people who they, they think it's so glamorous and grandiose to be on the course with us. And then once they, once they get out there, they just see how, how slow we're moving. And they're just like, wow, I had no idea. I'm so tired. Like, (laughs) <laughs> well, that's why we try to tell you, you have to train for endurance and also having your nutrition on point to have the fuel to go that many hours on course. Yeah, so that's, I, that's really, it's simple. Just, you know, we train for strength, but mainly train for endurance. endurance. Yeah. Us. You know, I've learned through racing. Um, <clears throat> I take my hydration pack on all races. I don't care if it's a sprint, a super beast. Always have my hydration pack and I always have snacks inside my pack just in case. But yeah, I always have, you know, snacks or in my hydration pack. It's just my go-to no matter what, just because I never know how long I'm going to be on course and I don't want to get hangry because it's not nice. No, no hangry. <laughs> we, I've, we've witnessed hangries on our, on the course before. So <laughs> we, we, we preach that as well. Bring your water. Bring your snacks, bring food. So we, we, we have, we have that on course with us. Uh, I think that's key. And like you said, that endurance, which um, okay. we're all like learning that that's a huge thing. Cause you know, you never know what's going to happen on course. Right. You do not. Um, so we have Jacksonville coming up. That's going to be first for you. Correct. That's going to be what I'm sorry. Look. It's going to, and you're, your list of races coming up. Jacksonville is going to be the first one. Sorry, you 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 had kind of almost uh, broken up there for me. Yeah. 
Jacksonville is next on our our radar in in uh, just what just under three weeks now, and then um, I think we've got a couple here in March. I'm going to my cheat sheet because I got my schedule pulled up right here. Um, <laughs> I had them all memorized. Yeah, we've got uh, well Swamp Battle March 27th uh, down in Florida. Yay, warm. Um, <laughs> We're going to be there March 27th. And then uh, the next one is, uh, well, the Charlotte race, which we thought was going to be Josh's first race. But Charlotte is in Erica's backyard. So that's a must race. We'll be yes. there April 10th and 11th because it's a, it's a, I think it's a double sprint, which is unusual because normally it's a, a super and sprint weekend. But uh, regardless, we'll be there both days for that. And then Julie's first race, April 17th. Yay! And where Phoenix race OCR? (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you on social media? Oh well, that's easy. Just Joy McGlamry on Facebook, uh, at Joy McGlamry on Instagram and Twitter as well. I think it's at Joy McGlamry. Um, People can always find us more heart than scars on either. It's more heart than scars official on Instagram and then more heart than scars on Facebook. And I think, I think it's more heart than scars on TikTok as well. Cause yeah, I'm on. Uh, yes. <laughs> he is an avid TikToker. He loves. TikTok. <laughs> I don't blame him. I get lost on it all the time. <laughs> we TikTok. He TikToks, I think 10 times a day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even today, I don't know if it made, it probably did make it onto TikTok, but he, on my way home, it said, Zach Pavin is live. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's he doing now? He was, he was making a post about a post. He was, he was digging holes in his, in the, in the yard out by the, uh, where the horse pen is, because they just got an additional pony, uh, a, a mini pony. And uh, so he's putting up more fences, but he just being his goofy self, he came on. He said, I'm on making a post about a post. So, and I'm sure at some point it'll make it over to TikTok as well. <laughs> that is so great. Um, <laughs> that cracks me up. Uh, I guess, I think that's pretty much, we've touched bases on everything that I've been yeah. thrown at me. <laughs> yeah. I got messages from Don. Don't forget to ask him about this. Don't forget to ask about this. <laughs> that's why I was, I was asking Julie, was there anything that she wanted? Hi, Abby. Um, that's one thing she was asking. Let me see. Um, oh, just just about the adaptive teams for sure. So we I covered all the bases. We got all the, the dates for Julie's races. And, and just excited. I'm really, really excited about being in this position as a director of athletic uh, adaptive athletics for Phoenix Race OCR. That's absolutely phenomenal and i can't see i can't wait to see the direction you take it and the teams that start coming out to be a I, part of that race series i want to see that happen i would love to see 20 wheelchairs on the race course <laughs> in mississippi on april 17th that would be amazing amazing yes, it would truly be amazing um well thank you so much for coming on and talking to me joey it's great oh. to Talk to you too. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, and I can't wait to catch up with you after Jacksonville to find out oh. about what's going on there in your. <laughs> I would love to um, have you guys on um, for that. And 
Maybe Josh as well. Who knows? That would be awesome. Absolutely incredible. Um, Well, again, thank you. And uh, I hope you have an amazing evening. And I can't wait to... Well, yeah, as you're you're turning into the early evening out there. So yes. Enjoy the day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Joey. You're welcome. Talk to bye. you. Yep. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet. Find us on Facebook, like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.